0: welcome to the deeper dive podcast brought to you by the oc church of christ let's dive deep into god's word learning new insight and taking a fresh look at the verses that impact our daily lives we will continue with our study of the minor prophets by studying out the book of haggai here is john Oakes. so let's talk about haggai The message of haggai very simple it's very very practical i think of haggai in the old testament and i think of james in the new testament because james says show your faith by your deeds and haggai says similarly show your faith by your deeds haggai was a jewish leader and prophet so we're going to have zerubbabel joshua and haggai Zerubbabel, the governor, represent the kingship; Joshua, the priest, representing the priesthood; and then Haggai, representing the prophets. The three offices, the, the, which all of which, of course, were combined in Jesus. Most likely, Haggai, unlike Zerubbabel and Joshua, is fairly old. Haggai chapter truth verse three suggests the possibility that he may even have been very very young when uh, Jerusalem went into captivity in 586 BC. It is currently 520 BC, so it's been 64 years. That's not for sure, but it does seem likely unlike, uh, because when he tells Zerubbabel to get working and he tells Joshua to get working, I think Haggai is kind of standing back, kind of overseeing the work, probably an older person. The message of Haggai is not hard to figure out. Build up the house of the Lord, not your own house. Does that mean you can't build your house? It doesn't mean that, but it means the house of the Lord needs to come first. Do not store up treasures on earth, Matthew 16, 19, 2, 21. So every one of your members, every one of us needs to ask, where? are we putting our treasure all right i see behind jacob i see hundreds of books there are you building a library so you can have this amazing library on the earth or is that a tool for you to help other people go to heaven it could be either one i have a feeling it's it's the second of the two Uh, another sub message the main message of malachi is let us build the temple of the lord a sub message is don't let discouragement stop you from doing that. Discouragement is not some su- sufficient reason to neglecting the work of the Lord. Now, let's read Haggai verses one through four. Haggai is very preachable. If you haven't done a sermon from Haggai yet, do it soon because somebody else will and they're going to steal your stuff. The nice thing is you can do the whole book in one message in the second year of King Darius. This the year is 520 BC. In fact, oh, let me. I forgot to do the next slide. Uh, the background here. Uh, Greg and I have been have been talking about this a lot. So this is this is not new information. Uh, 586 BC, temple destroyed. 538 BC, Cyrus defeats Belshazzar and Babylon. 536, they return. The first wave returns to Jerusalem. Ezra 1, uh, 1 through 3, 13. They they laid the foundation of the temple, but mild opposition arises and they abandon the project. So in 521 BC, Darius, the third uh, emperor king of Persia takes the throne and basically he finds a decree that says from from his uncle or grandfather, I'm not sure which Cyrus to rebuild the temple. He says, how are those Jews doing at rebuilding the temple? And he finds out they stopped the work and he is ticked off. What's wrong with those people? Here we have a pagan king who thinks those people should be building their temple. How embarrassing it is if the people of God are not out evangelizing and sharing their faith and helping the poor. And, and, you know, doing all the things that are required to build his church. So in 520 BC, Haggai preaches, build the temple. And by the way, Haggai and Zechariah are trying to do the same thing. Like I said, Zechariah, his message is much less direct, whereas Haggai's message is in your face. If you can't figure out Haggai, then you got serious issues going on in your intellectual ability there, okay? So Zechariah and Haggai are trying to do the same thing. Zechariah, the prophet, uh, 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 the seer, and and Haggai, the practical prophet. Ezra 5, one through 622 describes this uh, rebuilding of the temple. In 520, work begins, and we'll see that in Haggai 1, uh, 12 through 15. By 516, the temple was completed. All right? Good. So, sorry about that. I forgot to do some of my introductory material. All right. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, from the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shiltiel, governor of judah and to joshua the son of Josedech the high priest again prophet king not literal king but governor and in the royal line and priest this is what the lord almighty says these people say the time has not yet come to start a new bible talk and to plant a church in merced california Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? So there you go. In your face. Oh, we're too busy. I don't have time. I've got a wife and kids. I need to uh, take care of my career. We've been discouraged. We tried, and it didn't work. We tried again, and it didn't work. And, you know, we're just not going to try it anymore. And besides, our leaders are doing a lousy job. Back then, we had great leaders. Now our leaders really suck. We don't have the budget. The money's not there. How are we going to start a campus ministry? We don't have the money. Excuses, excuses. You hear them every day, you know? And the Lord says, Hmm, how stupid do you think I am? How stupid do you think I am? That's gonna come up in Malachi. You know, I've had some situations as a professor where my students really offended me. And I've said to my students, excuse me, but how stupid do you think I am with your cheating scheme? If you think God is dumb, (laughs) You got something else coming. He says, you know, the time has not yet come. And yet you're putting an addition on your house. You have time to go on a nice vacation. You know, you, you manage to get some extra education in order to fulfill and expand your career? And, you know, is it wrong to have paneling in your house? Is it wrong to expand your education so your career can uh, go in better directions? The answer is, well, it depends. Because if you're replacing building the temple of the Lord with those things, then it is absolutely wrong. So, what is the temple for us? I believe, bottom line, it's the church. What are we doing, members of the individual churches and then church as a whole? Is the temple being built? And if it's not, we have to ask ourselves what's going on? Is it belly gazing? Is it materialism? What is it? Is it wrong to pursue an advanced degree? Of course not. Is it wrong to put an addition on your house or is it wrong to move to another city to get a promotion or a raise? The answer is maybe. In fact, if your church is in the malaise and nothing's happening, then I'd say. Probably it is. Is it wrong to have a vacation house or. What's those things, a a part-time, what do they call those, a, a timeshare? Maybe. Is it wrong to buy a really nice snowboard and to spend $150 for a weekend of snowboarding? Well, I don't know. How's your contribution to the Lord doing? I love what God says in verse five. Haggai is so practical. He says, Give careful thought to your ways. Every one of us need to just kind of look at our life. And by the way, we're not talking about work salvation, folks. We have freedom in Christ. But the question is, what are you doing with that freedom? By the way, if it feels like I'm preaching, it's because I'm preaching, because Haggai is a preaching book. Amen? Amen. And every one of us needs to look to where our commitment to the work of the Lord is. I'm probably preaching to the choir here, most likely. So amen choir, you know, echo this to the people in your church. The message is you sought personal wealth and gain and you received the exact opposite. Let's read verse five uh, through five and six. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. And when you're preaching the sermon, just ask ask people, can you relate to this? Can you relate to uh, putting in all kinds of energy? and either nothing comes of it or it produces something, but the thing itself doesn't satisfy you. You know, you have this nice vacation, then you come home. It's like, okay, so what's next? You know, that's that's the question for us. What should we do? It's been said, indifference to the things of God produces calamity. You know, all of us want blessing, but we don't understand the way to blessing. The way to blessing is being faithful to God. And we're going to have a whole book. That's Malachi. I mean, Malachi and Haggai are twin books in so many ways and you know this is the world the world expects much and harvests nothing and we expect much and we harvest little so what should we do let's read 7 through 11 and here is the this is it this is this is the message of haggai this is what the lord almighty says sit down for 5 months and contemplate your situation and uh, study some philosophy and and deepen your theological understanding and training and uh go on a spiritual retreat and you know do your spiritual practices Uh -uh. Uh uh-uh this is what the lord almighty says give careful thought your ways go into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so i may take pleasure in it and be honored declares the lord. Now remember the temple was lying in ruins and all these really nice houses were getting built. What's the equivalent of that in America? Are you kidding? Do we have materialism problems in the church in America? I suggest you spend a few weeks going to Africa. And then come home to America and let it hit you in the face. The cars we drive, the vacations we take, the toys we own, it'll shock you. You expected much, but you see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house which remains a ruin, which each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, the earth, its crops, I call for a drought on the fields. Would God purposely bring suffering into our life? Absolutely, he would. Why? Because he loves us, he disciplines those he loves. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have held their due and the earth's crops. I call for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock. And you're not going to get a raise. And you're going to have a leak in your plumbing. And it's going to cost you $4,000 to fix it because God wants you to build his stinking temple. All right, did you figure this out, folks? Are you getting this message? God says give careful thought to your ways. Bring down timber. Share your faith. Have a Bible study with somebody. Encourage your discipling times. I've got good news, folks. Let's read verse Son of Sheltiel and Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I'm with you, declares the Lord. Don't you want to hear that message, God? Don't you want to hear that God is with us? Uh, So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedech, the high priest, the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work in the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. And within two years, it was finished. And within four years, God occupied his temple. Verse 1 through 9, chapter 2. In the second year of the King Darius, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came to, to the prophet Haggai, speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Josedak, thy priest and to the remnant of the people and ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong. Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while. I will once more shake the heavens and your church of 30 will be a church of 500 and your campus ministry of seven will be a campus ministry of 80 and 25 years from now, there's going to be 10 full-time ministers working and, and having fruitful ministry. You got to understand if we give to the Lord, He will bless our work. I'm going to shake the nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Now, here's the situation. The second temple was definitely not as big as Solomon's temple. And it was not as glorious as Solomon's temple. So some who, the, the older ones, there were people among them who could remember. And they're like, oh, this is depressing. Greg mentioned the the, the campus ministry in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm telling you folks, that was a blow away campus ministry, we had 150 student disciples, you could not walk down a sidewalk without saying hey brother, hey sister. We had a Bible talk in every single dorm. You look at your campus ministry you go uh, that doesn't happen anymore I haven't heard stories like that. You know, so these people are thinking, man, this is a puny pipsqueak temple. And what he's saying is, you know, it's not about the current state of affairs. Don't look at the things that are in front of you. You've got to understand the Holy Spirit is here and I am building my temple. And I'll tell you this, it is true that the second temple was not as big. But God's people were far more faithful. After the restoration, idolatry virtually disappeared. There are almost no idols found in Jerusalem after that time. And the Jews were far more faithful than they were before. And and Judah prospered. And Jerusalem was rebuilt, which was continued in the time of Malachi. And the time of Nehemiah. And I I, I love it. This is a memory verse. You got got to have people do this memory verse. Look at this. Verse 9. In a little while. Sorry, verse 6. In a little while, God says, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry lands. God will make things happen. And I will shake the nations and all nations of come. Can you see it? This is the prophetic vision, folks. Prophets see God's uh, coming doom and he sees his victory. The silver is mine, the gold is mine. Verse 9 The glory of the present house will be greater than in the inner former house. Now, a little interlude here just a short little interlude here verse 10 through in the second year of darius the word of the lord came to the prophet Haggai. this is what the lord almighty says ask your priest to meat in the fold of their garment if that fold touches some bread or stew some wine olive oil or other food does it become consecrated stop 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 Don't look so if something consecrated touches something unconsecrated does it make the unconsecrated thing become consecrated Common sense. Answer no. All right. Now the Jews would get this in two seconds, but I think even we can figure this one out. Next, then Haggai says, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of those things which is uh, consecrated, does it become defiled? Stop! Don't look! Don't look at the answer! Don't look! So if a defiled thing touches an uh, a consecrated thing. Does the consecrated thing become defiled? And the answer is, yes, it does. This is a parable. You say, what does this have to do with building the temple? Well, the fact is, if we let sin into the house, the temple is not going to get built right. So we got to deal with sin. Got it? So let me read on. Yes, it becomes defiled. Verse 14, then Haggai said, so it is with the people in this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Uh, Whatever they do and whatever they offer there is defiled. Now give careful thought to from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. When anyone comes to a heap of 20 measures, there was only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew and hell. So hard work is commanded in in, uh, Haggai, but if there's sin in the camp, the hard work will come to nothing. So we need to deal with sin. Does coming into contact with something that is clean, make a filthy clean thing clean? No. Does coming in contact with a defiled thing make a clean thing defiled? Yes. What's the point? Defilement is a thing. Holiness is a lack of a thing. All right. Holiness is purity and lack of defilement, just like uh, heat is a thing and cold is not a thing. The message is sin in general, but especially materialism is contagious holiness is not contagious but sin is so we need to deal with materialism before god will bless our work all right let's finish up we have just a few more verses here all right um i'm going to read from verse um uh, let me see where am i verse 18 on from this day on from this Uh, Twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive oil have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the twenty-fourth day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel governor of Judah. That I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones, and I will shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers' horses, and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet, signet ring. I have chosen you," declares the Lord Almighty. So the good news is, if we will repent and get to the work of building the Lord, He will bless us. And he says, "Mark this day, the day the church corporately repented of their sin, and and made a commitment to start the work of building this church, planting this church." Changing this community, starting this new ministry, whatever it is, because you're going to look back and God says, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. This is a kingdom prophecy uh, sandwiched with a messianic prophecy, because in this prophecy, Zerubbabel is a foreshadow of the Messiah. Because remember, Zerubbabel is the equivalent of a king. And God says, I have chosen you. Zerubbabel is of the royal line. So that's Haggai, a very practical book. Thank you, John Oaks. And thank you all for listening to Deeper Dive by the OC Church of Christ. If you want to get connected to us or want to donate to the program, go to our website occhurchofchrist.com or through social media at The O.C. Church. Join us next time as we continue our deeper dive into the minor prophets.